Square Enix London podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Square Enix London podcast, EP3, people. Uh, this is the May edition of the podcast. How very exciting. We've made it through to three episodes. Round of applause. We haven't been lynched or uh, removed forcibly from the internet yet, so we take that as a good sign. Uh, I'm joined by Kat Caskins. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's good to have you back on the pod again. I know. What happened? Uh, Where was I? I I benched you. Um, (laughs) Boo. But don't feel bad. There was a petition. Yes, uh, it happened. To get removed permanently. I signed it. Oh, oh, Toby. (gasps) Ooh. Then it didn't work. So a petition either worked or it didn't. I'm confused. Either believe. Well, Um, I didn't take any notice of it, so there we go. Uh, But she's back anyway uh, through sheer force of personality. Um, Talking of personality or the lack thereof, it's Toby. (laughs) Toby, hello. (laughs) He's here. Hi, hi. Um, Black? Uh, you look, you argued for such a long time that you want to be part of this podcast, so now you have to embrace whatever role you end up with, uh, which is, as we said last time, role. the whipping boy. Um, Dan Sito is here as well. Hello, welcome back. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, the resident pro. The, I'm, I'm cool hey. with that. I'm all right with that title. <laughs> I like how, well, can I just say, there was actually a tweet that did say, talking very positive about the podcast, and said, that I was a great host, so you know clearly my ego has been inflated to uh, to. Uh, Are you setting up dummy accounts again? Fill <laughs> uh, <laughs> one, fill two. <laughs> crap! Did I leave my name? In? <laughs> Good. Okay. Right. Let's get on with the show. Square Enix London. So news. Then we always start off with this, and I think since it's uh, it's about a month now to E3, we may as well start off. Hopefully everyone's seen that we are having a press conference at E3, Square Enix press conference for the first time in quite a while. Yay. Yay. So, so that is exciting. And that's pretty much all we can say about <laughs> it because frankly we don't we I mean there's obviously a lot of secrecy about what's said in uh, in press conferences at E3 and anywhere else. Um, but uh, yeah, I certainly have no idea what's going to be in it. So I'm excited and looking forward to it. Um, I can make a, an educated guess, but I'm not going to do so on the podcast. So I guess we can talk about when it is, like time. Yep, when is it? 5pm GMT on, or PFT, sorry, on the Monday. I forget the date. Toby, you remember the date? Before E3. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Monday of E3 week, uh, which is a great day for press conferences. So uh, the good news is that it's it's a pretty accessible time for people in the UK uh, and Europe, of course. Um, So hopefully you'll tune in. I'm sure it'll probably be streamed somewhere on the web. Most of them are. Yes, it's on the Square Enix Presents Twitch and YouTube uh, channel. Brilliant. Mm. Excellent. So I'm really looking forward to that and hopefully everybody else is. Very much. Mm -hmm. Moving swiftly on then, since we have absolutely no details apart from the the time and where to watch, uh, it's good that we're doing everyone a great service here, like a service provider. It's a reminder. Proving value. uh, And just because it means that they should all go watch it because we wouldn't do it unless there was really big stuff that we don't know about. Right? The big stuff, mm. hopefully. Mm. There's going to be So things. moving swiftly yes. on to, uh, no, I, I honestly, I think, I, yeah, I'm not going to speculate, so uh, I look forward to finding out. Anyway, uh, Deus Ex is out there. This happened just as we were recording last month's uh, podcast. Um, uh, the Deus Ex, I don't know if you saw the um, kind of the, the teaser with the guy uh, in a futuristic sort of torture area. Uh, and all that stuff happened. Hashtag can't kill progress. That's the one. Um, so it'd be interesting to uh, to sort of see what people thought about that. But yeah, well, I'm so excited now that you know it feels like we're starting to get close. Uh, mm, new Deus yeah. Ex, uh, and it's. I, I saw a lot of comments. People wanting to. Um, are you laughing at the way? I'm no, I'm just Deus very Ex. excited. That's, I can't <laughs> okay. contain my excitement. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> when I was talking about this to a friend of mine, actually, he was, he just told me he said. Day sex? What are you talking about? And, uh, I realised I've been trying to enunciate more effectively day or sex, but then that sounds weird. Anyway, um, you don't call it deus ex. Deus. I've seen people call it deus ex. I'm like, nail on a chalkboard. Yeah, no, I don't do that. So anyway, but it feels like we're getting close now. So, and it's for anyone wondering, it's it should be considered more of a follow up to. Human Revolution and not the fall. I think it's fair to say. You know, this is yeah. going to be a big game. Adam Jensen's back. Why That's Adam like that? Jensen for for people that couldn't understand what on earth Toby just said. I was going do sex. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't. Do yeah, that. please don't ever yeah. do that again. 
So, uh, yeah. Deus Ex Mankind uh, Divided. Follow up to Deus Ex Human Revolution. The internet's going to hate so, you. So, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> They can join the club, right? Um, uh, so, yeah, anyway, keep, keep an eye out for, for more stuff on that. Um, uh, I'm very, very excited to see how that's starting to look and shape up. Which Chapter Zero Square Brackets Cry? Uh, those aren't. That's not an assortment of random words. Although I am usually known quite well for that here in the office. Mm. Um, that's which like sorcerer. It's not which episode. Yeah. Are you which about? which chapter zero? Which chapter zero? Brackets what? cry. Brackets it cry. was the question. It was the title of a new tech demo from the team as a follow up to Agni's philosophy from a couple of years back. And this was part of the uh, Microsoft uh, sort of Microsoft event that happened recently. And it showed, or Tabatasan introduced it, and, and basically it was a, effectively, someone was running, uh, kind of moving the camera around and changing the lighting in real time. The point was that, you know, for all the world, it looked like an amazing CG uh, video, and then it's like, actually, no, this is in-game, this is kind of in-engine manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty stunning, don't you think? Yeah. Did everyone see yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, it's incredible. The, um, the thing to point out, I guess, well, really stress is that, yeah, it's, it's not a game. It is a tech demo, and it's, you know, a demo to show what we could possibly do in the future in yeah. our engine. Like, you know, some of the techniques might get put into, you know, what we can currently do, but, I mean, you guys saw the rig that it was running. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I've got one of those at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also have, uh, you know, 12 floor-to-ceiling fans <laughs> to, uh, to prevent everything from overheating. No, I, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty awesome. I love these little glimpses in the future, but you're yeah. absolutely right. That doesn't mean that we're going to suddenly be releasing a game with that stuff in yet. But I think it's, it's great for the industry and important for the industry to sort of have a sense of what can become possible in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can only begin to imagine how much uh, effort it took to create the visuals and the, you know, however many polygons there were in, in that character and, and the guy on stage running the event actually did mention it but it was an insane amount so yeah, yeah. you know they, they mentioned um, that also that they made uh, the animation and obviously the chapter called Cry because that's probably one of the most difficult um, emotions to portray visually in CG um, so they sort of really took a challenge there with that so it's quite interesting uh, to see what they did with that I did hear also um on the internet, um, rumours, obviously, fan side rumours that we're sort of teasing FF16. Okay with that, but I, I think we're still firmly grounded with FF15 before uh, moving anywhere at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I guess talking of 15, then, um, there was uh, another big splodge of news uh, coming out this week in the form of what I say I have to, I'm very, very pleased to see. Um, and that was, you know, a response to all the players that played the fun of it. Fancy 15 demo so far. Um, Tabatasan and Fujisan came out and, and actually were talking about all the feedback they've had and actually started to address some of those points and actually threw ahead to a possible update to the demo, which I, th- I think is, is unprecedented, I believe. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a weird one, right? I mean, it's definitely not common uh, to update a demo, which mm. is also why we're not fully committing to like how we're going to deliver that at the moment just because no one's ever done it before yeah. so we don't know if yeah. we even can yeah. Yeah. so there's, there's that but yeah it's just um, it's an initial look at some of the, the data that we got from the survey from the Final Fantasy 15 demo so it's I guess the interpretation of the data is still ongoing obviously yeah, you can still uh, as, well, as we're recording this podcast you still can take the survey so you know, mm. if you haven't yet please do so and yeah it's just I guess combination of you know the team's commitment to actually listening to fans and actually mm-hmm. listening to what people think about you know what they've been working on so hard. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. cool. So I mean, just recap for anyone that's not uh, read your fantastic, I have to say, blog post <laughs> clearly. Um, what were the what were the main points? What were the, maybe the top three issues that people have been talking about, and what were the responses? Um, you know what? The, a lot of the responses have been quite. It's, it's funny because you're looking at feedback on feedback, you know, yeah, yeah, feedback <laughs> section. Yep. So it's um, a bit of a feedback loop, you might say. Yeah. Oh. 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 Wow. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, there was a lot of. <laughs> I've lost. I completely lost my chain of thought. Um, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> there was a lot of good stuff about um, people not, I guess, realizing how things are perceived on a global level, like how people in Japan may care about this feature more than people in Europe, how people in Europe care more about this in the States, and people being like, 
why are they talking about this? Who cares about this? I'm like, well, there's a whole group of people on the other side of the world who, you know, culturally, or for whatever reason, this is important. Yeah, absolutely. I think it really is interesting to see the feedback broken out across the different territories to, to exactly as you say, really understand what, what people in different regions care about. And I'm, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a bunch of crossover, but yeah, um, it certainly, I think, brings it home. Um, and hopefully that's what's super useful for the team because I guess, you know, for teams, uh, and I'm not just talking about Square Enix, but other games as well, from the, from the Western perspective, you can maybe think that how much feedback do they get from Western gamers uh, when they're making games? And sometimes you can sort of see that in the execution, thinking, I wonder if that just wasn't an issue in Japan, yet mm. a little bit of feedback from the West could have really helped to sort of make that game feel more, more global in its appeal. So I hope that's um, really useful. There are some other stuff like kind of combat and bits and pieces mm. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah camera controls. Yeah. Some interesting discussion on, you know, character design as well. Um, <laughs> uh, which, which, you know, <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll leave that discussion to the internet, and they've been having that uh, at length. But um, but you know, I think it's it's just a great opportunity, and uh, I'm super excited to sort of see how the game is going to change as a result of this. So yeah, I think the key thing about this um, this latest ATR was that if anyone was in any doubt about why they were releasing this demo early, it wasn't just about trying to sell more copies of mm. Type Zero. Yeah. Genuinely, that feedback process is is very important. So. Mm. You know, that's great to see. Yeah, especially for this team. And I guess there's another point that does come up off the back of this is that I've seen quite a lot of people say is that basically there's two camps. There's two there's people who love the fact that you know they're worth listening and you know want to hear updates on how the game's progressing and all that stuff. And there's a camp who really don't like that. And there are people who are like saying, you know, stick to your vision, don't listen to what other people are saying, just make the game you want to. And I guess it's now would be a good time just to clarify, well, at least put people at ease and that, you know, the team, are they do have a very specific vision for Final Fantasy XV. They're making the game they want to make. But it's, as you mentioned before, Phil, it's like the little bit of feedback can just make what they want to make that little bit better. Yeah, yeah. sort of putting yeah. those essential tweaks and stuff like that. That might, uh, might be seen less favourably by some people. It's not like you're changing entire story elements, are you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if anybody missed um, that, that ATR uh, where uh, Tabata-san and Fuji-san are talking about that feedback, then you can see that on the uh, Square Enix blog. Um, just go to the Square Enix website and, uh, and check that out. Um, what else? Just Cause 3 gameplay trailer yep. dropped. Oof. Actual gameplay. Boom. Actual gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this, this is interesting, isn't it? Because I saw... Uh, a few people kind of write up uh, about this that you know oh, it's, it's not a gameplay trailer because mm-hmm. there's no HUD. Um, yeah. Now I understand what people mean there because people do like to be reassured that you know when there's a HUD, when there's you know that overlay with you know number of bullets fired or whatever um, health bars and things. You know I, I get that that makes it feel more like the game and makes you know you can kind of think okay. I see. The point about this this gameplay trailer was you know everything that happens in the trailer the player can do. It's just in order to create something a little bit more cinematic, we just played about with the camera angles a bit. Yeah. So it is actual real gameplay. It is actually in-game visuals. Um, but yeah, just you know, the HUD will be the next thing to be shown off, I guess. <laughs> yes, but, there is a HUD. We can confirm yeah, yeah, there yeah. is a HUD. <laughs> so, um, but that was nice, wasn't it? I mean, how excited are you to, to be uh, back in the world of Rico? I, uh, I played Just Cause 2 actually when I first came to this range, I think now three years ago almost. And I think that was um, that and DSX Human Revolution were the two games I sort of played first when I joined Square and wanted to work my way through the Square library. And both of them are just amazing. And I just sort of, I think those those are the, the games I look back to the fondest, let's say, yeah. Yeah. Of, during that time. I'm just looking at you know, the amount of chaos uh, that you can actually create in the game and some of the stuff you can see like some of the explosions the size of some of that stuff being <laughs> yeah. blown up and the kind of the chain reactions and the, uh, and of course you know that, that kind of the use of the parachute hmm. <laughs> yeah I don't think I ever really played Just Cause 2 I just dabbled in it and just messed around mm. I just yeah yeah. It's just that yeah. freedom, really, isn't right. it? Yeah. You can just do yeah. whatever you want and no matter what you do even if you just abandon every <laughs> quest 
and ignore every marker, you're going to have fun, yeah. no matter what yeah. you do. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's just a big playground, isn't it? And yeah. um, I'm personally, that's what I'm most looking forward to. So, blowing stuff up. Blowing mm. stuff up. Uh, so that that was cool. Again, if you've not seen that, then go to the um, Screnix website. There's a blog post about that too. Uh, just finally, there for news, uh, the next project which we're going to be supporting uh, via the collective platform is going to be launching its Kickstarter. Uh, in the second week of May, depending on when you listen to this, May the 11th is currently the um, planned start date. So, uh, a bit of an exclusive scoop there. And the game is called Tokyo Dark. It went down very well uh, on the collective platform and feedback, didn't it, Toby? Oh yeah, definitely. I um, I remember when I first put up um, the blog post and sort of shared the first uh, sort of glimpse at the pitch on collective um, via Square's channels. Uh, and basically, we use sort of. Um, sort of link uh, ways to sort of track how many people click through from one website to another so I was able to see you know how many people click through from the Squain's blog let's say or Squain's Facebook through to Collective and Tokyo Dark um, just absolutely shattered all records for people sort of being interested in clicking through from the regular Squain's channels um, so I'm actually really excited um, to see how people react now that the game's actually you know it's getting real the game's going to Kickstarter and then of course um We've been talking to uh, the dev team behind that, and it sounds like they've got a really solid fan base and sort of a foundation to build upon. So uh, it's definitely one to watch out for. Um, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I have played a small snippet of the game. Um, so there. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was very exciting. So uh, yeah, keep a lookout for that, and hopefully, if it's if it's your kind of game, um, we won't go into. Super loads of details now about the game, but but check it out. Keep an eye on Kickstarter. We will obviously be uh, uh, promoting it from the Squarenix website, from the collective site and channels, and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, hopefully that's a journey you'll join us on. So something we started uh, last month and uh, we'd like to try and continue as much as possible over the future months is to uh, talk to somebody involved in the game making process in some form um, but try and give some insight into how things work over in uh, over in Tokyo. Uh, this month we were super excited to talk to uh, the general manager from VisualWorks, um, Ikamuri Kazuyuki, uh, who joined us uh, on via Skype and... Um, uh, and we, we began by asking him how he got into the industry, what was it that really drove his interest in uh, games and uh, all that kind of stuff. Hello, uh, my name's Ikumori uh, Kazuki and uh, I work at uh, Square Enix Visual Works. And Square Enix Visual Works is um, <clears throat> a computer graphics uh, visual um, movie production department within the Square Enix group. Uh, and within this group, I mean, what that means is that we create uh, game trailers and all kinds of high-quality, high-end uh, CG footage. Uh, and I'm basically a general manager, and also um, I have some roles as director within the group as well. Uh, so I'll be overseeing the, the production of, uh, of the, the CG movies that we make, um, sorting out budgets and, uh, and staffing and things like that, and also uh, getting into some of the nitty-gritty of, of editing the films as well. So that's roughly what I do here. So um, tell us a little bit about how you got into the industry and what was it that um, I guess attracted you to Square Enix uh, uh, but also into working with such high quality visuals um, and CG. Okay, um, I first uh, entered the company quite a long time ago when uh, we were still uh, Squaresoft and uh, Enix and we hadn't uh, done the merger yet. Um, and I started out in Squaresoft as, uh, as a game designer in the game design and obviously at that time um, the, the, the spec and the, the technology wasn't all that advanced, we were still in the, uh, the Super Nintendo era. So um, really I started out designing games with pixel graphics and it was nothing like we have today. But uh, then slowly as uh, the hardware advanced and the technology advanced, uh, I started working on, on PlayStation titles and, and developing some of the, uh, the graphics and the, CG, the movies for them. Uh, and so in the end, I, I didn't set out to, uh, to be a, a CG movie designer or in the, in the visuals, but uh, as a game designer. Um, and it really worked out that I used the experience of, of using those more, more and more uh, quality tools to, to create uh, visuals. And, and it eventually worked out uh, that I started uh, working on the, the really high-end stuff in visual work. I think the history of Square Enix is um, very much associated with the history of extremely high-end uh, CG videos. So 
uh, it must be very exciting to work on on uh, these these movies. Um, for anybody that uh, may not be intimately familiar with with Square Enix, um, give us an idea of some of the IPs uh, or franchises um, or products that uh, your work is featured in. Hi, Okay, um, <laughs> Square Enix has got a lot of titles under our belts over the years, um, and thank you very much for those, those kind words about the CG visuals. Um, but no, I think uh, to talk about in general, I've basically worked on um, the visuals for every Final Fantasy game um, from 7 onwards, really. As well as uh, Kingdom Hearts and Dragon Quest games, uh, and almost all the main Japan titles. Uh, as well as also a number of other um, smaller titles that maybe haven't been released in the West as well. Uh, and then recently also um, <clears throat> been doing the trailers for the big Western developed titles like uh, Deus Ex, Hitman and Tomb Raider as well. Um, and I've been involved in those as, as both a producer and a director uh, and in other small, um, more incidental roles in a lot of those as well. So we've done quite a lot really. Wow, that's an incredible <laughs> list. Um, and uh, I, I guess as a fan, uh, thank you very much for uh, for, for uh, creating such such, such inspirational um, content. No, thank you, thank you. So um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the process um, of of creating these uh, experiences. How how does it work from from the first ideas? Do, do, do studios or uh, development teams kind of come to you with a specific idea? How far do you influence that idea? What's that storyboarding process like? Um, no, I mean, there, there really are a lot of different titles in obviously in the Square Enix stable, and, and they've all really got their own little um, characteristics and ways of working. So um, rather than there's one um, overall visual work style or work process or flow that we follow, it really is down to the... Uh, the characteristics and in the individual studios and their ways of working themselves. So, for example, sometimes we'll have uh, some of the game producers and designers will come to us with uh, a storyboard drawn out and say, well, we'd like it like this, but maybe want your input um, and you can adapt it a bit. Uh, and then at other times, there are people who've maybe said, we want a video here in the story in our game, but we haven't thought of anything, we just come up with something cool for us. Uh, and then on the other end of it, of course, there's uh, those who come with a, a proper video storyboard uh, with really fine details and everything. We want it just like this, and they'll say, um, and so we would work that too. So really, there's uh, there's a lot of different ways that individual game um, studios want to do want to do this, and we, we try and accommodate all of them. Which is your favourite method of working? Do you, do you kind of like those ones where you have a bit more creative freedom, or uh, you know, actually sometimes is it easier to, to take more direction from from the development team? No, I think if, as long as we uh, have a good understanding of the uh, of the game itself, then uh, when we it's really left up to us, it's probably the best, probably the easiest way for us to work with. Sure, yeah, I can imagine. So, um, how uh, I suppose the big question: How long does uh, does one of these um, amazing trailers take to create? Because it looks like it should take a very, very long time indeed. Um, but let's say on average for for a thirty second trailer. How how long from initial storyboarding to to the final cut does that take? No, I mean again that really does depend on the type of game it is as well and the game content. Um, obviously, some trailers take a long time and some of them are a bit shorter to make. But uh, so, for example, a, a trailer video is something that really has to put across uh, all the really good points of the game and show what, what's so good about the game in a really short space of time. Uh, and some trailers uh, will have a lot of assets in there and a lot of, uh, of scenes shown in rapid succession, whereas others may, uh, for example, have just a single scene where you maybe have the main character and doing some kind of re reminiscence from, from the backstory. Um, so obviously the more assets involved in, in the trailer itself, the longer it's going to take. Um, I think uh, on maybe some of the, sh the shortest uh, trailers that we can get done in maybe two months might be, uh, be a, a reasonable figure for a short one, and that can uh, really extend up to half a year for, for the more intricate, detailed stuff where we've got to deal with a lot of other things then. So um, when we, we see uh, gameplay trailers uh, being made for, for projects, particularly in the West, um, there's often a lot of uh, discussion uh, between different people within the teams and lots of revisions are made, lots of cuts or edits. Um, and uh, you know that cycle can, can take quite a long time before everyone's happy with the, mm. the final version. Um, how does that work for, for the, the traders that, that you make? Um, because I guess um, that, that process is a little more set in stone or, or how does it work? 
there, um, obviously there is a, a very a free brainstorming process at the start and everyone has as many ideas as they can possibly come up with and there really are a lot of different opinions and ideas at the start of the process but um, certainly after a certain point in the, in the development we have to uh, have someone has to make a decision of what the final content is going to be and there has to be someone with that responsibility there in the team so uh, yeah we generally start out with a much uh, freer exchange of ideas but then after a while it'll uh, slowly come together but um, as a policy we uh, we basically tried to keep the uh, the editing and the big changes to an absolute minimum uh, at the end of the project at the, at the end of the video really obviously it is possible to go back and, uh, and change something, even a major thing, if, if we feel it's going to improve the quality. And obviously the, the overall objective is to get the highest quality video we can. So uh, if that's necessary, we will do it. But as, as a general rule, we try to uh, avoid having too many cuts and, and, and big changes near the end. Yeah, I can, I can imagine um, uh, it's, it's good to try and keep that on track from as far as possible from the beginning. But what are some of the, the kind of the big challenges that you face um, either when working with the teams or, or maybe trying to achieve certain effects? Um, what are the big challenges that you have when creating these trailers? No, I think um, overall perhaps what the, the most difficult thing that we experience is, um, is getting uh, the team which is creating the game itself uh, to have their ideas all down and to have a solid idea of, of where they want to go with with a, a production and obviously a lot of what we make uh, is based on a game that's got an original story an original game that forms the basis of it and we need to know what that is and all the details of that um, and obviously trailers are something that comes out a lot earlier than the game most of the time so um, we need to start work uh, a lot earlier than, than maybe the, the main game development studio has for their schedule um, so really there are times when the, the schedule really doesn't have the game the, the game designers themselves maybe haven't quite got all their ideas down or they really aren't sure where they're going or have a solid uh, idea yet and that when we're trying to work with that that makes it very difficult um, I mean comparatively compared to that once once there is a solid idea and we all know what we're doing um, the development of the technology and all the, the technical things we need to create the actual video is actually I mean it's hard yes but it's, it's a lot more enjoyable and a lot more fun and goes a lot more smoothly uh, but no I, I would really say that um, that having the working when, when the game itself is not finalized and, and maybe some things are going to be changed in that that makes it a lot harder to work on a trailer <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. So, roughly, how many people uh, would would work on a, a particular trailer? I guess it will vary depending on the the length of the trailer or maybe the the, the project itself. But but generally speaking, how many people does it take to make one of these amazing uh, trailers? Yes, um, to make it say a two minute trailer, I think you'd probably be looking at a team of around maybe ten to twenty full time uh, people working on that until the end. Um, obviously, it obviously varies greatly depending on the individual tasks that are required. Uh, so, for example, we may need uh, extra support from other staff as well. Uh, so if we needed a modeler, for example, to create a character model, we'd have to call someone in and he'd work alongside the team on that. Um, and obviously all the other small tasks are done by people all over the studio. So really everyone at VisualWorks is involved in every single video we make. But I think, yeah, as a... As an, as a, as a, as a benchmark, as it were, it's around 10 to 20 people for, each, for an individual video. They're, they're going to be the main core team on that. So something that um, I've noticed is the, the, the CG, the feel, um, maybe sometimes the styles will obviously vary between different franchises. Um, the comparison perhaps between a Final Fantasy trailer and maybe a Deus Ex one, for example. Is that down to different tech or is it down to uh, trying to find a different mood? What, what is it that results in, in that, that different style? Yeah, the, the technology itself is, uh, interestingly enough, generally quite set down depending on, on when each video is made. So obviously we keep working with the latest technology available to us um, and, and working with that and learning how to use that and testing that constantly. So I think if you have two videos that we make uh, within a similar period of time, then they're probably going to be using the same technology because that's what we're uh, currently employing. So the actual technology used on them doesn't vary that much. But uh, certainly to get the mood and the atmosphere and the feeling, uh, we really want to bring out the individual character of each of each title, as it were. So, for example, for Deus Ex, we think this kind of video and this kind of um, 
a depiction would, would really work the best for that and we'll, we'll go with that um, and so for Final Fantasy is interesting as, as I said earlier I've really been working on Final Fantasy for a very long time uh, myself so I don't have to think too hard about that really as long as I uh, make it and, and I'm the one in charge of that it generally turns out feeling like Final Fantasy just because I've been doing it for so long but no certainly for titles like for Deus Ex or for other, other titles um, really do have to think about that and really try and get the best direction and the best art style for that and is that also partly down to research um, um, you, do, you, do you spend a lot of time really um, looking into the background of the franchise or, or the, kind of the, the last game or the, the um, concept art that maybe the development team has worked on how, how do you find your inspiration Yes, uh, obviously we really do want to do as much research and know the game as well as possible uh, that we're basing the trailer on as much as possible but it's not always possible unfortunately um, a lot of the time when we're creating very early trailer videos uh, there's just not going to be the, the resources available for the game and things may not even have been decided yet so for example sometimes we get told well we've got just the main character but he's not quite finished yet but we make a trailer anyway or oh we've got the face of the character but his, his hairstyle hasn't really been decided yet and things like that we've really got to work from a very very uh, sparse uh, set of information for that um, but obviously you know we, we do, do try and, and everything that's available we will look at and, and research in detail so if there's a game code available we'll play what's been created so far uh, we'll look at all the concept art and everything and, and also research on the internet about the, the series and the franchise uh, and we also uh, everyone involved in the project gets well in the department even gets together uh, and we, we exchange, exchange and share information uh, and discuss about the, the about the universes that we're creating for, uh, so everyone understands that. Um, and then certainly, uh, depending on the, the visual style of the game, uh, the art directors and, and character designs of the individual games, they, they've all generally got their own um, personal styles and their little quirks uh, in the way that they draw things and, and the kind of moods that they create. So we will definitely much talk to them and try and look at their, their previous works and things that they've made uh, to try and get that idea and something that feels right for the, for the way that they design and their style. So uh, yeah, we do try and, and research as much as possible, but obviously there are limits. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so is there any particular part of the process that you either dread or really look forward to? <laughs> no, um, obviously I, I really do like the whole process uh, involved, but uh, certainly if you ask for the thing that maybe I enjoy the most is the overall, um, we call it a playlist, uh, creating the overall um, story flow of how everything's going to fit together at the start, and so we really see how we can tell the story through the video, and I, and I like doing that. as long as there aren't any big retakes involved, that, that's really good fun. Um, but you know, I think perhaps the thing that maybe, maybe the, the, not the, well, not the most, but it is difficult, but certainly the... Um, the most hard and then the least enjoyable would be um, the, the, the fine um, break. It's basically a breakdown process after we've got um, a list drawn up of all the assets and everything that we need for the, for the video and uh, we have to work out who's going to be looking after each of those and, and really organise a schedule and, um, and a plan for how that's, each individual thing is going to be handled and that's, uh, that can take quite a while sometimes. So I think it's that um, management kind of kind of stuff that I'd rather if there was a machine that could do that automatically for me then I'd be very happy indeed with that <laughs> yeah yeah so, I mean it sounds like the admin um, which I think we can all appreciate uh, we'd, we'd rather have machines to do for us no certainly when you've got a load of data that you just shot put down and created uh, in a, having fun and enjoying at your own pace and then you actually have to organize that and sort it out that's uh, that gets quite hard sometimes so do you look forward to the point at which um, the trailer's released do you look at what uh, the feedback from gamers is do you check out the forums yeah no obviously we, we do really uh, we really look at that and see how and we, we, we do enjoy it a lot I mean but uh, personally, I obviously work. I've worked on a lot of titles uh, over the years, uh, and I, I understand this and how things go quite a lot. Uh, but it's also sort of part of my job to motivate the uh, the young uh, creation staff that we have on our team. Um, so obviously, uh, sort of a part of what how I do that is to gather together all this feedback, uh, looking at how uh, our, our latest videos and the things that they've created have been have been reacted to, uh, and I'll gather those together and then show them. Look, look at the, the trailer video that you made. Look how, how it's doing. All these people are saying these good things about it, and I use that to improve their motivation. So it's also sort of a part of my job in a way to do that. Um, but yeah, no, we, we really do check and uh, and we really do like to see that the feedback to our to our products. Yeah. So from um, such a distinguished career to date, uh, what's your favourite piece of content that you've worked on? Um, obviously, as I'm working on all the titles, and they're, they're all basically, well, I'm working on them, they're all my favourites. So when I was working on the recent Deus Ex trailer, I was really thinking, wow, this is the best, I was really enjoying the Deus Ex. 
Um, and I, I obviously enjoy everything I make, but I think um, looking back over the career, uh, perhaps the most memorable uh, was uh, the first title I actually seriously got into doing um, CG movie creation, which was uh, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, and I really remember, um, as I, was, I was learning a lot on the job with that and then working through it and trying things out and learning as I went. Uh, and that was a really big turning point for my career, so uh, I really do remember Final Fantasy VII very fondly for that. Yes, I, I can imagine um, uh, lots of people remember that game very fondly for various reasons. <laughs> no, I, that was interesting. I wasn't actually thinking of that at all. I was, without knowing any of that, I was making it at the time. So. <laughs> Indeed. Um, it must... Uh, it must be amazing to look back on and see that you had a hand in such an integral piece of video games history, though. Yeah, it was uh, interesting thinking back that we didn't know how, how the game was going to do when we were creating it. But um, I remember when I was working on Final Fantasy VII, I wasn't just making the CG movies. I was a regular designer, so I was doing all kinds of design work on the game, from uh, laying out the, the, the maps of, of some of the areas to the, the CG. Obviously, I did the CG as well. But really, was designing everything in there. Um, and thinking back on it, it was... Um, it was, it was very hectic, it was, uh, it was a very chaotic uh, time during the dev team working on that. Obviously, in the changeover from, uh, from the, the, Super, the Super Famicom, the Super Nintendo uh, generation, to the first time we'd made a game on the, on the PlayStation, uh, we were all just so impressed with the technology and thinking, wow, because it's on CD, it's, uh, it's high, high quality, we, we can put as much stuff in, and everything that we think about and want to put in, we can put in the game. Uh, so we sort of went a bit nuts on that, and in the end, it wound up as a four-disc game, and even then we couldn't fit everything that we wanted to go in there. But no, just, just thinking about how hectic it was and, and how much, uh, how, what the kind of things that went on, it was, it was a really fun time, though. So just finally, um, for anybody listening who is uh, inspired by your work and is interested in, in getting into the, the industry working on, on CG, what advice would you have for them? What should they be doing right now? Um, yeah, certainly compared to when I first started in the industry, uh, one thing that's very obvious is uh, this specialization and this, uh, this delineation of roles, really. There's, there's a lot more um, individual roles which require a very strong uh, specialist set of knowledge uh, to work there. So I think um, overall, my, my advice would probably be uh, you've got to basically become a super generalist and you've also got to have a, a very strong um, specialist set of skills as well. So, for example, if you want to, uh, say, go into character design, uh, then you really have to know, not, don't just look at learning CG tools uh, to create characters, but you've got to look at all kinds of things from all different aspects as well that relate to the, to the field of character design. So, for example, you've got to look at anatomy and you've got to look at, um, at the way human beings move. Uh, and you've also got to look at, um, at the way light falls and, like... Um, Opt optical uh, science and things like that just so you get all the ideas about everything relates to to the way that the, the character will be designed or, or say if you want to go into direction to um, to try and influence the overall uh, the flow and do direction on videos then um, you've got to look at, um, at storytelling and the, the way that uh, the movies and plays are constructed uh, and, and all the different things that are involved in that um, so the really I, I would recommend having that Obviously, you've got to have a very, a very broad uh, knowledge base and get as much knowledge on all different aspects as possible, but you've also got to have, and especially if you want to go into a more specialised field, you've got to have that, that specialist knowledge too, that sharper, deeper understanding of, of one field as well. Um, but also, on top of that, I'd say that uh, the world of CG uh, graphics and CG uh, movie creation is uh, it's changing all the time, uh, and it changes very rapidly. So um, you've also got to have that, that flexibility to be able to, to move with the, the trends and, and, the, um, and the evolutions of, of the industry um, and to be able to maybe take a step back uh, and, and look at the way you work and, and your knowledge and your abilities and, and what's required and compare that to what's required by, by the industry at that time and then maybe be able to change the direction of, uh, of where you're headed. So I, I think there's, there's a lot to take in there, but um, it's always good to get as much knowledge as possible and then try and, and just try and learn everything you can about, about the, the industry and, and the things you're going to need. Ikamori-san, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you ever so much for your time. No, thank you, thank you. So that was Ikamori Kazuyuki from uh, Visual Works, who's a general manager there and uh, a fantastic person to talk to. Superstar interpreting, as always, from Gavin Poffley, so thanks very much to him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Toby... Interesting, interesting stuff, isn't it? It's, it's, mm. it, it really just struck me when we were talking to him how much uh, CG has been part of that history of Square Enix and how, how much it's been, uh, you know, a standout part of the games that we've created. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, so yeah, I was uh, part of that interview as well, though I didn't, of course, say anything 
but uh, it's, it's great. And um, basically, last last month we uh, we just came out with the DSX uh, Mankind Divided trailer, and I was looking at it, and I was really really impressed, and I just thought, you know, what about the guys who actually create these kind of trailers? Wouldn't it be amazing if we could talk to them? And then I sort of researched a bit and found out more about Square's visual works, and um, it's I, th- I think they're in a unique position in the way that they straddle both the Japanese and the Western games, like a lot. For example, Final Fantasy Kingdom Hearts, you know, that's all that or uh, slowly coming over bit by bit to the West as well. But may, that's all mainly developed in Japan. Equally, DSX, Hitman, Tomb Raider, they're all developed in the West. But there's little direct collaboration between those two regions, I'd say. But Visual Works really, you know, sits on both sides yeah, and works on both. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. Anyway, hopefully you found that interesting as well. Um, we will, uh, as I say, try and do more of those over time and uh, talk to lots of different teams. Square Enix London. So we're just going to round out then with uh, a bit about what we're playing and I'll throw ahead to the next episode which will be, I'll spoil it now for you, the E3 special. Um, so we're super excited about that. Um, but uh, but let's begin. Dan, what have you been playing the past month? Uh, I've actually been playing the same game I've been playing last month uh, <laughs> which is Type Zero and Persona Q. Because Ooh, dedication. They're, they're long games. Um, I think on Persona Q I'm like 50 hours in and still... Not near the end. Type Zero, I finished my first playthrough, and yes, I did abuse their share uh, function <laughs> when I saw the credits. Very proud. I called, I called my mum, and, and her response was, oh, that's a good thing then. <laughs> and I was like, yes, mum. The, yes, the, your is. name is in the credits. It just, is. Just, uh, yeah, we, yep. we were talking about that in the last pod. Mm. Good times. Okay, well, that was um, a somewhat dull answer. Never mind. Cat, what have you been playing? I can, I, can make it, I can make it better. I can make it better. Say something interesting. Well, I would. I would play another game, but you have to play Type Zero twice no, to really yeah. get yeah, no, no, fair play. I, 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 respect your, uh, I respect your dedication. I have been uh, dipping into my Steam library because, as I mentioned <laughs> in the first podcast, I have an obscene amount of unplayed games on Steam. I've actually been playing games I've played before for some reason that I rebought on Steam, like Resident Evil 4. Isn't that just as bad as me? I, I know, I know. It's it's not great. It's not great. Uh, and Baldur's Gate 2 and Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines. I just started replaying all these games I've played probably several times before. And other than that, I've still been playing Counter-Strike Go a lot. And oh, have, yes, yes. Of course. Yeah. Have, have, have sort of roped a few people into the office and joining my team. Is this the point we should mention the, Can I just uh, point the clan? Out that's also my team. Our team. <laughs> our team. It's I'm I'm the leader of the team. This is, can we, can this we all is put false. our hands on the table? So yeah, we've been getting a little yes. competitive. So yeah. are you gonna pl- are you gonna do a plug for the clan? You, no, no, do you no, want to talk about that or do you want to keep it secret? It's a very exclusive one. I mean, we, we had a demote Scott back from, well, down from Officer to Henchman after he refused to show up um, last week for any of our uh, He was on holiday. Ma- yeah, well, we, don't, we don't care. It <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, that's harsh. Yeah. Just to be clear, I, I was invited to be part of this, but I'm so rubbish at the game that uh, I declined. And just to be clear, it was sort of one of those invitations where you sort of hope that he's going to say no. And just to be clear, Toby, you're fired. Um, so, any. Let's try and go. To, Toby, just as your final appearance in the podcast, really, do you want to maybe talk about the games you've been playing? Yes, uh, I've been playing loads. Um, so, following last, uh, last month's podcast, I uh, got stuck in with the 15 demo. Good stuff. Um, took about two or three hours on that. And uh, yeah, it was great, great, uh, great to see everything. But of course, we discussed that last time, so it won't go too much. Have you given us your feedback? Um, yes, I've given it to you personally. It's a lie. I, I will. Oh, guess good thing. <laughs> I, I, I remember that. You <laughs> should do the survey then. Yes, I will. Um, on top of that, so I played a lot of Assassin's Creed 3. Um, I have to say, I, 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 I can appreciate the Assassin's Creed franchise for, and for what it is, which is amazing. And But I think with 3, I really struggled a bit more than I did previously with Brotherhood and Revelations. Not necessarily because they're bad games, but just because I played Revelations very, very recently. Um, so it's sort of, you know, more of the same it was just a bit too much for me. So I think with those kind of games, you, you need a, a bigger sort of gap in between playing individual ones so you can actually really appreciate them. Um, so yeah, I finished that on Sunday and moved on to Borderlands 2 Handsome Collection for PlayStation 4. 
which uh, which is awesome because normally I wouldn't play a first person shooter on a, on a console because I, I like my mouse and keyboard set up but uh, Borderlands 2 does a good job of um, really really working well on a console as a first person shooter cool yeah I I really really wanted to get Handsome Collection and then I I just decided not to yet because it's another big game so uh, for me I completed Assassin's Creed Unity and when I say completed I really mean completed uh, I, I, I left a couple of achievements because they were multiplayer ones and mm. I, oh, okay. I feel very comfortable about them but I did I think get all but two um, uh, which therefore you know obviously all the collecting stuff and all that so that took quite a while but I was very pleased at the end um what else? So I've kind of moved on. I've I have to. Can I? I've moved on a bit from World of Warcraft as well. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh you, you're playing fourteen. Yeah. Um, Hell has frozen over. No, I've sort of, <laughs> I'm taking a little break from MMOs, and um, but I started playing. I started playing Elite Dangerous again, uh, just a little bit. So I, I'll be honest. Star Wars Day, I was Aww. just like watching. Uh, you know, wanted to be Han Solo. And, so you didn't uh, play a Star Wars game? No, no, I <laughs> didn't. But I played a space game where I could be a freighter slash smuggler. Uh, so that was it. Anyway, I got back to that, so that's good. Also, I went back to um, the original Witcher game because I'm getting super cool. excited about uh, Witcher 3. I did as well, actually. Weird. Mm. And I realised that um, I haven't finished the original Witcher and I've, I don't think I've even started playing Witcher 2. So oh I've got some work to do there, I think. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, good, good luck. That, those are long games. But in a new section, which I'm going to call Name Drop Corner, I just I have to share this because I was so excited. I went to, I went to Croatia uh, to, um, to a developer conference a couple of weeks ago uh, in Dubrovnik. Very, very nice. Wonderful weather. Some sunshine, some some beer, etc. Um, we don't some, have beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have beer here. As well. um, but uh, but while I was there, I was doing a talk about collective and meeting lots of uh, uh, small dev teams and, and seeing their games and stuff. Um, and I had a bit of a moment when I realised that in the front row of my talk was none other than, than Patrice Desile, who was the, the the founder, the creator of the Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Uh, series, so I was super excited. I think you probably get an idea for how much I like the Assassin's Creed games already. So, um, I think did you crumble? Did I managed to hold it together. I did. I did have a. I think some a blood vessel in my head somewhere did burst, but I, I managed to keep it together, and uh, and so I was very pleased about that. But yeah, and also you know, so me and Patrice and, and Ragnar Tornquist as well was there. So you know, okay. oh, just my new best friends. But that's uh, okay. Cool story, bro. What's a cool yeah. story, bro? <laughs> Uh, do you have any photographic evidence? Because I'm not sure if we can believe you. Yeah, I can confirm this. Story. Um, I can go confirm or deny the story. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's there is plenty of yeah. Oh. There, in fact, there is. There, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure I have a photo of me and one or other and others having dinner and stuff. So. Yeah. Right. Well, you know those those, those selfies with them in the background as a blurry sort of person don't count. No, no, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. That's that's fine. fine. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh no. Oh, he's getting upset. <sighs> It's fine. It's fine. I'm used to it. Um, yeah. So that's that's what I'm playing. But yeah, moving away from Modern Warcraft feels like a big thing. That's a big step. Oh, you'll be back in a month. Maybe next patch, six point two. Yeah, I'm still raiding twice a week, but uh, I think that's sort of starting to fall away as well. Anyway, enough of that. Quick speculation. Since we're coming up to E3, what are you personally looking forward to? Hoping. Uh, it's going to be announced. I'm going to start with two things which I would dearly love to be announced, and that's the next Fallout game. Yes. And the next Elder Scrolls game. Oh, oh I would, both. Are you just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both? thanking all of them? Well, you know how I really hate long games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's like one one of the two. I think the new Fallout games most likely. You haven't played the waiting game for that. But I have to. I do have to say that you know it feels like a, a long time since Skyrim now. I think yeah. maybe going back to The Witcher, I don't know, maybe I was kind of in that single-player RPG I mode and was like... But, oh, yeah. but do you really think they'd announce both? Surely they, they'd announce... Well, Fallout is like the fun one where everyone's kind of expecting that. So so what you're saying is the next Elder Scrolls is definitely going to be announced at Gamescom. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Dan Cito, uh, insider information. I read it on the internet somewhere. It's got to be <laughs> true. <laughs> it must be true. <laughs> oh, just the other guy on the yeah, internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Place, right? He was talking to the people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The people, yeah. Said, the people said the thing, right? How yeah. could they be wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but enough people say it on the internet. It has to be true. It's like, it's like Okay, bad. so no Elder Scrolls game, we think, but... 
Hopefully a fallout. That, that would be awesome. It's definitely, definitely way past time for that. Mm. Bring it. Okay. All right. So that's me. Who's going to go next? Cat, you can go next. Oh, God. I'm, uh, the, the thing I like most about E3 is the surprises. Oh, that's such a cop out. I know, no, but it is, but like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want, I want something that I'm not looking, that I haven't been looking forward to, that I haven't heard about, that is just random. Maybe something. So, like, so like a No Man's Sky. Like a No Man's Sky, right. exactly. Yeah. Something yeah. a bit. Like Watch Dogs Division, sort of, like, you know, something that comes out I'm of the I'm thinking more like No Man's Sky, something a bit <laughs> odd, left field, sort of. Go away, Toby. Um, other than that, I want to see more of. Star Wars Battlefront because yeah. I'm absolutely beyond dying to play that at this yeah. point. I think I want to freeze myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to do In the carbon. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> you want to be yes. a fridge door and. Uh... Yeah, that's did it. You, did you it see the out. fridge door that somebody made? It was a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really impractical. Awesome. <laughs> no. Yeah. It depends it's, what you're going to use as a handle, I suppose. But anyway. Um, his hand, hand of hand. There's a joke here somewhere. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Battlefront, no, I agree, because that, that also looks uh, supreme. My, I suppose my one question there um, is I want to, because they showed obviously like TIE Fighters and X Wings and stuff. I'd love to know how that's going to work in with the, the kind of the ground based stuff. So, because um, well, they're, they're so quick. Also, yeah. another, another thing um, on the speed bikes going through uh, Endor Forest. How, how do you avoid trees at that speed? So it's, it's a few interesting design decisions. I'm really waiting to uh, see because if it's like because they go so fast, as a mm. you know, mm. that's yeah. going to be a challenge, right? And if you just keep hitting trees, that's going to not feel very good. Unless so. it like automatically weaves. Sort of are you indicating you're not very good at driving things? Because maybe if you're good at games, maybe you'll just be avoid. Actually, do you know what? I forgot to mention Dirt Rally. I got it on early access. And I've oh, been yeah. playing that quite a bit. And I have to say, it's brilliant. It's the best rally game I think I've ever played. And I have played Richard Burns Rally, and I have played all the Colin McRae rallies and all that, a lot going back over the years. Nice deflection, by the way. <laughs> yeah. When Riposte. Toby talks, I tend to... <laughs> <laughs> when Toby talks, I tend to ignore what he actually says and just think about what I want to say. Oh. I think it's called narcissism. But, uh, something like that. Okay, so some good picks there. Um... Toby, you obviously want to go next. I always want to go next. So, Half-Life 3. Oh. Yay or nay? Dan! Dan, come on, no, we can't, we can't <laughs> do it. this. Get your code. We can't do this to me, let alone <laughs> yeah. our, our wonderful don't, listeners. Don't tease me like that. Don't no, say those words. No, it's he didn't say, he us. didn't say nothing. He didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see anything on Persona 5. Okay. Uh, Specifically, anything to do with a European release date, which <laughs> I would love to hear. Um, Nintendo already said they're not going to be showing Legend of Zelda. Boo! Mm. But I do want to see Star Fox. Um, apart from that... Do you think there's a chance that they... Because they've hinted at this new hardware. Do you think there's a chance they might reveal that? I don't know. It. it mm, I mean, on the one hand, it seems possible because there's... Apart from... Well, once Splatoon's out soon... Legend of Zelda and Star Fox are really the only big first party Wii U games that come in. So it seems like they might be winding down on Wii U development. So it seems logical they might move to the next one or announce it to you know maybe come out with more details next year or whatever. But at the same time, it's Nintendo. I don't know. So you know, <laughs> yeah, they do have their own kind of um, path, mm. should we say? <laughs> Cool, okay, well, uh, lots to look forward to uh, from E3, it's, it's always, I, I hope it's going to be a lot of fun, I'll be there, um, and that leads me to, I suppose, throw forward to the next episode, I'll be, I'm, I'm intending to do this, okay, so don't take this as gospel, because it may not work out, but what I want to try and do is is uh, take um, take a, an audio recording device and just try and get some of the flavour, some of the colour of E3, from behind the scenes, talk to a few people, um, but sort of try and give you... Uh, in next month's podcast a little bit of a retrospective and uh, a bit of an audio diary I suppose so um, that's so if, the plan so if you see someone uh, in a dodgy raincoat sort of suddenly standing next to you awkwardly when you're having a conversation with someone else that might be Phil 
and everyone say goodbye to Toby. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Toby. Thanks Bye. very much for listening. Uh, your uh, audience ship is appreciated as always. Don't forget to leave comments uh, wherever you're listening to this um, that we can see and uh, suggestions for stuff we should do more of, less of, etc., etc. So more of, let's say, Cat, less of Toby, for example. That would be a great suggestion. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be along next time. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Why are you waving?